first lesson, which is our Old Testament lesson, for this special Stewardship Sunday, and also the fourth Sunday of Easter, is found recorded in the book of Genesis, chapter 4, beginning at verse 1. The man was intimate with Eve, his wife. She conceived and gave birth to Cain. She said, I have gotten a man with the Lord. She also gave birth to Cain's brother Abel. Abel tended sheep, but Cain worked the ground. As time passed, one day Cain brought an offering to the Lord from the fruit of the soil. Abel also brought some of the firstborn of his flock and their fat portions. The Lord looked favorably on Abel and his offering, but he did not look favorably on Cain and his offering. Cain was very angry, and his face showed it. The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why do you have that anger look on your face? If you do good, you will not will you not be lifted up? If you do do not do good, sin is crouching at the door. It has a strong desire for you, but you must rule over it. Cain said to Abel, his brother, let's go into the field. While they were in the field, Cain attacked Abel, his brother, and killed him. The Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? He said, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? The Lord said, what you have done, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the soil. Now you are cursed and sent away from the soil, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. This is the word of the Lord. Our second lesson is found recorded in St. Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 3, beginning of the seventh verse. But whatever, whatever things were a profit for me, these things I have come to consider a loss because of Christ. But even more than that, I consider everything to be a loss because of what is worth far more, knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. For his sake, I have lost all things and consider them rubbish so that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own, which comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God by faith. I do this so that I may know him, so that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being conformed to his death in the hope that in some way I may arrive at the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or have already reached the goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus also took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it yet, but there is one thing I do, forgetting the things that are behind and straining toward the things that are ahead. I press on toward the goal, for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. We read from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, beginning at the first verse. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them out, two by two ahead of him, to every town and place where he was about to go. 
He told them the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So asked the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest field. Go your way. Look, I am sending you out as lambs among wolves. Do not carry a money bag or traveler's bag or sandals. Do not greet anyone along the way. Whenever you eat, whenever you enter a house, first say, peace be to this house. And if a peaceful person is there, your peace will rest on him. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in that same house, eating and drinking what they give you, because the worker is worthy of his pay. Do not keep moving from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and they welcome you, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick who are in the, in the town and tell them the kingdom of God has come near you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not welcome you, go out into the streets and say, even the dust from your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it is more bearable for Sodom on that day than for that town. Woe to you, Chorazin! Woe to you, Bethsaida! For if the miracles that were done in you have been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more bearable for Tyre and Sidon in the judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be lifted up to heaven? No, you will be brought down to hell. Whoever listens to you listens to me. Whoever rejects you rejects me. And whoever rejects me rejects the one who sent me. The 72 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He told them, I was watching Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Look, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy, and nothing will ever harm you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your name has been written in heaven. In the same hour, Jesus rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and learned, and have revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, because this was pleasing in your sight. Everything was handed over to me by my Father. No one knows who the Son is except the Father, and no one knows who the Father is except the Son, and everyone to whom the Son wants to reveal him. Turning to the disciples, he said privately, Blessed are the eyes that see what you see. Indeed, I tell you that many prophets and kings want to see the things that you are seeing, yet did not see them, and to hear the things that you are hearing, and yet did not hear them. This is the gospel. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for consideration is found recorded. It is the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, verses 1 to 24. I open with these words. These are the words of Jesus. Whoever listens to you listens to me. Whoever rejects you rejects me. And whoever rejects me rejects the one who sent me. 
This is the word of the Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ and heirs of everlasting life, has this ever happened to you that you were standing in the line at the airport to check in your luggage and you've been there what seems like three or four hours and when you finally get up to the counter, you lift the heavy bag onto the scale and it's several pounds over. And you know this is going to cost you. And then they're going to have to put the sticker on that is this bright orange sticker that says heavy. So in order to save money, you go all away from the line and you find a corner exposing your undergarments and all you have in your luggage to the world as you decide what to take out of it so you can get under the 50-pound requirement and then back in line. The number one rule for traveling is don't overpack. And that same principle is certainly true by the voice of our Savior when it comes to doing missionary work. Keep in mind who you are. You are disciples. And as, and, and as disciples, you are believers in Christ. And as believers in Christ, you are his missionaries, called by Christ himself. The very Savior who called 72 other disciples to go and do mission work. When we hear of Jesus appointing these 72, keep in mind that he had just got done sending out the 12 to do missionary work, and now it was time to send out even more. So the 72 is in addition to the 12, and he sends them out two by two. But in order to do missionary work, you need to first know what the mission is. And the Lord Jesus, in a very beautiful way, describes it this way. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. The harvest is plentiful, so you are to be one who goes and brings in the harvest into the storage room of God himself. You're bringing people to the very Savior. In fact, the message that you're going to be proclaiming Jesus describes in also a very unique and wonderful way. He says that when you go from town to town, if they welcome you, stay at that one house. Receive the room and board. Don't go from house to house. He just wanted them to stay at the one house as they did their missionary work throughout that town. And then, when you stay in that house, if that house that welcomes you Tell them that the kingdom of God has come near you. Now, if you end up going to a town and the town does not welcome you and the people in the house do not welcome you, then go out into the street and knock the dust off your sandals and off your feet as a sign against them and even verbalize it for all to hear. But know this, the kingdom of God has come near you. It will be more bearable for Sodom than for that town. Sodom was destroyed by fire and brimstone, by burning sulfur. 
and Sodom is going to be more bearable on Judgment Day than that for that town that has clearly rejected the Lord in unbelief and the disciples whom he sent to be his missionaries proclaiming the word. In fact, he even points out a couple of the towns. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. Woe to you, Capernaum. These were all towns in the area and the region of Galilee. Jesus spent a year and a half in this region preaching and teaching. But it will be more bearable for Tyre and Sidon, whom Jesus never visited. He did get into the region one time and witnessed to a young lady whose daughter was demon-possessed. But that was in the region of Phoenicia, Tyre and Sidon, he never got to. But it will be more bearable for them than for Chorazin and Bethsaida and Capernaum, who saw the miracles of God and heard the very voice of the Lord himself. So whether you welcome it or whether you do not welcome it, the message remains the same. The kingdom of God has come near you. The kingdom is where a king rules. And in this kingdom, God rules. Specifically, the very Son of God himself, the Lord Jesus, rules. And he rules in your heart by his holy word. This is the message that they were to proclaim. This was the message that John the Baptist proclaimed. This was the message of the very words that Jesus himself spoke. But both of them did add one more word that is not recorded here. They also told people, repent, for the kingdom of God has come near you. Repent with sorrow over sins, confessing and admitting your sins, but yet with believing hearts, trust in the forgiveness that your Savior won for you when he gave his life on the cross for the sins of the world and rose again as proof that sin is paid. The price is paid. And heaven is our home. Forgiveness of sins is ours through faith in Christ. This is the message. This is the, is the ministry. And there is no greater ministry in all the world than to proclaim the holy word of God. But there's a problem. And the problem is not with the message. That's perfect. The problem is not that there are enough, there are not enough out there to harvest in. No, the problem is the workers are few. So many do not pick up the cross and carry it and letting their light shine and proclaiming that holy name to the ends of the earth. It is Jesus who said to ask the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest field, to pray to the Lord for more workers so that more and more understand that through faith in Jesus as believers, we are his disciples, and as disciples, we are his missionaries. Even today we pray that prayer. Pray that the Lord would continue to send out 
would send out workers into his harvest field. And we're not just praying for more pastors and teachers. We're praying for all hearts, every believer's heart, to understand that every member is a missionary. And therefore, in your prayers, as you too pray this same prayer, include yourself. Pray that the Lord moves your hearts, granting you confidence and boldness to know that holy name of Christ, but to also share it unashamed. Because this is the message of life. And along with that prayer, pray to God that you don't overpack. Jesus told them to go. To go, he says, I'm sending you out as lambs among wolves. And the wolf is the lamb's worst enemy. And I'm sending you out. He didn't say, I'm sending you out and everything's going to be perfect and great. He didn't say, hey, you just preach once or, or speak once and everyone will listen to you and be converted. No, you are going out as lambs among the enemies. So, along with this, he says... Do not carry a money bag or a traveler's bag or sandals. Do not greet anyone along the way. Whenever you enter a house, first say, Peace be to this house. And if a person of peace is there, your peace will rest on him. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in that same house, eating and drinking, that what they give you, because the worker is worthy of his pay. Do not keep moving from house to house. Whenever you enter a house and they welcome you, Eat what is set before you. Heal the sick who are there in the town and tell them the kingdom of God has come near you. Is it wrong to pack a traveler's bag? Is it wrong to have a money bag, a purse? Is it wrong to take some sandals and even extra sandals are wrong? Is it wrong to even greet people? Keep in mind, this is not a holy command of God for all people for all times. But it was a holy command for these specific 72 disciples and for a very good reason. When you understand that the Lord who's sending them out only has a few months left, he's making his way from town to town, even going into Samaria, which the Jews just hated. And as he's going from town to town, he's preaching a teaching because in a short time he will be in Jerusalem. And he will be nailed to the cross. But until then, he wants them to move quickly. Time is short. He wants them to work quickly. Which reminds us that time is also short. Now is the time to share his holy name. Now is the time to be a missionary of God. And to carry out the calling that he has entrusted to us. Now is the time, because we don't know when the Lord's going to call us from this life. And yet, we don't even know the day that he's going to come with the holy angels from the cloud, which will be the last day, judgment day. But as long as it is still called today, we work. Living according to Christ, knowing his holy name, and sharing it with everyone we meet. And with everyone we meet would certainly begin with our own family. My friends, don't overpack. Don't overpack thinking that the 
purpose of life is to gather tons of junk and, and to have tons of toys. Our purpose in life is not here to live life to the fullest. The purpose of our life is not to simply believe in, the, in the, that ridiculous saying that the one who has the most toys at the end wins. Our purpose in life, no matter what station in life that God puts us, is to be his missionary, proclaiming his holy name. And when it comes to packing, don't forget the one necessary thing, the sword of the Spirit. This is the word of God. It is a double-edged sword because it cuts both ways. It cuts with both the two main teachings of the Holy Word. It cuts with the law, which shows us our sins and a need for a Savior. It cuts with the gospel, which is the power of God and the good news of Christ. For the salvation of all. In fact, this precious word of God is a, is, is a word that as Jesus prayed to the Father, it was not revealed to, and it did not come from those who are wise and learned. This is not the teaching of man. This does not come because of science. This is the holy word of God revealed even to little children because the only way to understand it is with that, is with that simple childlike faith that take God, takes God at his word and believes it because God said it. No more, no less. This word is powerful. It moves hearts. It saves souls. And it blesses us with the hope of everlasting life in heaven. Know this word and know it well. Because that is the only way to be properly prepared to confess the hope that you have in Christ Jesus our Lord. Remember who you are. You are believers. You are his disciples. But above all, you are his missionaries who believe and confess in these words of Christ. Whoever listens to you listens to me. Whoever rejects you rejects me. And whoever rejects me rejects the one who sent me. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.